Hey guys, we've added some timestamps into our episode description, so if you want to skip straight to the discussion, you're more than welcome to. However, if you want to keep listening and catch up with us, hear us talk a bit of shit and also about our recommendations, then keep on listening. Thank you so much for tuning in and hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Unapologetically Asian, a place where we talk about navigating through adulthood as Asian Australians. You're joined as always by Twee and Tiana. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy 2020! 2020 vision only, babes. 2020 vision only. New year, new recording setup. We have graduated from my bed to a table. We have literally moved like 50 centimeters across <laughs> to this table, which is a fantastic idea. Yes. Yeah. But now our legs won't be cramped when we're recording. <laughs> what have you done over this holiday period, Tiana? Well, been on holidays for about two weeks now. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun, actually. We were in Sydney just last week and that was a whole lot of fun so fun we went with a really good group of people and also we went to our girl two's wedding as soon as i walked in Mm. i literally just burst out crying because she is the most beautiful (laughs) angel i've ever seen in my life she's already just gorgeous normally on a regular day but just seeing her in a wedding dress on top of that i was like girl literally an angel and I feel like I cried probably five times that night. <laughs> I, I knew I was going to cry, but I didn't know how often I would cry because, you know, just like listening to their vows, just seeing her so happy and seeing Lucky also, which is her now husband, them two together, it just made me so happy inside. <laughs> True love is real, guys. <laughs> and also their wedding was lit. Oh, God, it was straight out of fairy tale. There was a massive chandelier in the middle of the dance floor, and he looked like straight out of, what was it, that movie? Beauty, Beauty and, and the Beast. Beast. Yes. It was gorgeous. Oh, my God. There was, like, a dance crew. Mm-hmm. There was fire. Oh, my God. J.S. Lee was Oh, my performed? God. J.S. Lee oh, performed. Oh my Literally, God. they got J.S. Lee to sing the first dance song. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. So good. Crazy. Honestly, one of my favorite weddings I've been to. Yeah. Um, Yeah, other than that, I was just lazing around at home, which feels fucking amazing. Yeah. Because, you know, the ability to just sleep in, not set an alarm clock and not feel guilty about it is bloody great. (laughs) So it's the start of a new decade, start of a new year, Twee. Mm -hmm. What goals or resolutions did you have for 2020? What's in store for you, mate? I want to use this year as a year to start shit. Fuck yeah. Yes. So I always have these ideas and things that I want to do, but I never actually do it. It's just in the back of my mind or I write it down somewhere, but I never follow through. So I want this year to be the year that I actually follow through with things. So one of them is to start a sport. Woohoo. I've always wanted to play netball, mm-hmm. even if it's just socially, not competitively. Sorry, I'm not that great. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to like be more active. And I think playing a sport is a good excuse to actually do something. On top of that, I've always wanted to start like a new hobby. And I was thinking of starting salsa classes. Oh, That's literally been in the nice. books for so long. I've even put down classes in my calendar and I've done the research and everything, but I've never gone to any. <laughs> so I need to make a start on that. Yeah. And like another thing I want to do is get really into a sport. 
So last year I tried getting to footy and it kind of dropped off because I couldn't get a fucking TV aerial signal in my room. <laughs> oh my room. god, I remember. Guys, like I would come over to Twee's house to get ready in her bathroom. You know how people like they listen to, you know, a good get ready playlist or whatever. Twee has on this fucking footy commentary in the background and I'm like, Twee, what the hell are you listening <laughs> Look, to? Look, I, like, I find that shit so interesting but the problem is is that I don't have places where I can watch it. Like, I can watch highlight reels and stuff on YouTube, but it's just not enough for me. Like, I prefer to watch the game from start to finish. Like, I'm that sort of person. I've been really interested in, like, football soccer. But yeah, other than starting new things, another thing I wanted to pick up again is appreciating the very small things in life. I remember back in high school when the only thing I had to focus on was studying and, like, studying for year 12 and whatnot. I was the sort of person who kind of didn't think much about the future. And because of that, I just like, you know, appreciated life for what it was. Like every day I'd wake up and be like, oh, fuck. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go to the city to study today. How exciting. And then I'll go to the city and then like I'll go to State Library. And I just found like those small experiences so fun and enjoyable. But nowadays I've been caught up in thinking so much about my future Mm. and like my job and life and relationships. And I lose track of time and time just seems to go so quickly like this. 2019 just went by in a blink of an eye, right? This has come out of me being so dissatisfied with life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, just because I'm not accomplishing A, B, C, D doesn't mean, like, my life's shit, if that makes sense. No, yeah. no, it makes total sense. I think sometimes we forget to stop and just smell the roses, right? Yeah. Like, you need to remember that you have achieved so much in the last <laughs> year, and I'm so proud of you. You should be proud of yourself. You started a new job. We started this podcast together. You've just done so much, yeah. so you should totally be proud of yourself and yeah. proud of those achievements as well. Don't yeah. think for a second that you haven't done anything in life. Mm-hmm. But I'm really happy to hear those goals I feel like this is a good year for you I feel I feel into my bones bro I appreciate that I appreciate (laughs) the support thanks man got you but yeah you know enough about me what about you Tiana what are your goals and resolutions for 2020 so this year I'll be starting a new job yay girl you sign new jobs like every fucking second (laughs) so one of my goals for this year is to absolutely smash it at this job Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to meet new people learn about a whole new industry just really want to be able to be a girl boss and just do really well at it so I'm really determined about that yes something else that I really want to focus on is self-care so Mm -hmm. this is through physical as well as mental so I think a lot of the time we forget to just focus on bettering ourselves and that might be through um, being more active so mm-hmm. joining a sports team I um, mean might be through taking time to just practice gratitude or to just try to love myself more and just focus on being the best version of myself that I can possibly be so yes. um, this year I really want to focus on that and something else that I really want to do is learn something new every day so mm. I know this sounds very straightforward cliche or whatever <laughs> but I have found that since Working full time. Yes, I do learn things at work. Yes, I do learn things um, in my industry. But I'd really love to just be able to learn more. That's something that I miss a lot from uni or going through school, right? Mm. It's being able to open up my mind and be able to learn something new about the current affairs or about what's happening in different parts of the world just being able to find time to learn about those things learn about those trends so that it can become a more well-rounded person is something that I am really looking forward to doing this year 
Nice. So those are my goals. Basically, I want to level up. I know last year I said I want to be Tiana 2.0. Mate, this is the year for Tiana 3.0. Let's step it up a notch. (laughs) We're going to be next year, 2021, Tiana 4.0. Hey, that's it. That's it. Every year we just get better and better and better. (laughs) Nice. No, that's awesome though. It's always good to, you know, want to be a better version of yourself and step up and Mm. level up. We really encourage you guys to focus on something and to be better versions of yourself because no one's perfect. We're all work in progresses, but we believe in you. Yeah, just start something new. Do something different. Yeah. Doesn't hurt. Alrighty, so New Year's stuff aside, have you got any recommendations for this episode? Yes, so I have two podcasts that I've been listening to. One is called Asian Oscar Bait. So basically, uh, this podcast, each episode is split into two parts. One part is the host will talk about a particular point in history, and also that might be highlighting a Asian's story. The second part of the episode, they'll talk about an idea that they have using that point in time or that historical event and turning that into a movie idea mm. or a pitch to Hollywood. So the hashtag is something like no more excuses Hollywood. So it's about being able to be like, you know what, Asians, they're not just going to be your nerdy character in the movie. They're not just going to mm. be your Kung Fu master. Here's some really cool shit Asians have done in history. And here's how we can portray it in movies. So I just find it really interesting because it combines two things that I find interesting. So mm. history as well as film and cinema. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've been listening to that. It'll be ironic is if they take those ideas, but they get white people to play it. <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean that's happened before. <laughs> and another podcast I've been listening to is called The Squiz. Oh yeah, I've listened to that. Yeah, so it's basically 10 minute bursts of the top headlines around the world. So essentially it makes news more consumable. And in terms of music recommendations, two words, mate. Harry Styles, Styles mate. He's a fucking sex god. He's a fucking rock sex <laughs> god. My god, you've been obsessed with I am him obsessed. Lately. You've been a long time fan, haven't you? Since the One Direction days. You can see on my bed over there, there is my old <laughs> One Direction pillowcase. Oh mate, my god. I'm an OG fan, mate. Alrighty, what recommendations do you have? You know, this week I don't have any recommendations. Oh, that's a-okay. Yeah, but you, I've got a fucking story to tell you guys. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, so the other day I was talking to my manager and she was like, oh, do you know who Wendy Murdoch is? Ooh. Like Wendy Murdoch. And I thought she was just asking about someone around the company or something. She's like, oh, no, it's Rupert Murdoch's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know who Rupert Murdoch is, he's just like some fucking cajillionaire. <laughs> he's just really fucking rich, right? Anyway, so his ex-wife. Let me, let me start. I'm going to tell you a crazy story. So this lady has been through it a lot. And you can either look up to her or you can just, you know. Be scared of her, Be mate. scared of her because... <laughs> Her story's crazy. I'm just going to quickly read an outline of um, her life because it's just so much to This is literally something that Twee sent to me in Messenger. As soon as she heard from her boss, yeah. who Wendy Murdoch is, she's like, oh my God, Tiana, I have to tell you who this girl is. Yeah. Okay. Wendy Murdoch by Twee Legacy. So, Wendy Murdoch is a person who moved to the US to study, then married the husband of the host family that she was staying in. And then after that, she ended up interning at News Corp, which is a big publication um, company in Australia, where she got picked up by Rupert Murdoch, who she ended up marrying and had two kids with. Then they got divorced because it was rumoured that she cheated on Rupert Murdoch with her daughter's godfather, which happens to be Tony Blair, which is the ex-UK Prime Minister. 
And then since then, she's been rumored to have dated Vladimir Putin, and she was recently with a 21-year-old Hungarian model. Drop that <laughs> microphone, sis. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? When Amanda was telling me this, I just stared at her with absolute disbelief because <laughs> what a life, honey. What, what a, a life. What am I doing? I'm trying to appreciate the small things of life, but when you, ha- when you hear stories about... <laughs> You know, these boss-ass ladies doing this shit. I'm like, what the fuck? One thing I want to point out is that she's Asian. Mm. She's like Chinese or something. I'm just speechless. You know what? Anytime you guys are sad out there, I want you to stop and think to yourself, what would Wendy Murdoch do? (laughs) What would she do? Not what would Jesus do. What would Wendy (laughs) Murdoch do? And channel that energy, all right? You feeling shit? Channel Wendy Murdoch energy. Oh my god, that's big dick energy (laughs) in a female Female body. Female form. Anyway, (laughs) let's start. Let's get on to this episode. What are we talking about today? All right, can we get a fuck? Yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) All right, when I say that, all right, I just want you to imagine P H O instead of F U C K. Because if you see the pun, Right, fur isn't there? Because today we're going to be talking about food. Get it? Fur food. <laughs> so growing up Asian Australian, I feel like we're in a good position to talk about how we eat at home mm-hmm. and how we reflect the Asian traditions around food at home, as well as eating with our friends or with our family outside. So in a more Western setting. Yeah, we just wanted to highlight a few things that we've noticed and things that we've come across that differ between each. Mm-hmm. So we're going to split this segment into three parts. So we'll start off with our childhood, Mm -hmm. what it was like, what we ate growing up as kids in an Asian household. And then we'll talk about our favorites, you know, the ultimate debate about which noodle dish is the best Mm -hmm. noodle dish. Mm -hmm. I've already got my opinion in my head. Can't wait to talk about that. And the last section will be about Asian food in a Western world, pretty much Asian fusion, yes or no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so if you guys didn't know, Twee and I are both Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. So therefore at home we both eat predominantly Vietnamese food. Is Mm -hmm. that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. My mum might whip up, you know, the occasional pasta every now and then, Mm -hmm. but usually I just eat Viet food. I think in my household we can be a bit experimental. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. we'll do like a roast or, as you said, pasta or something like that. But yeah, for the most part, we do try to eat Vietnamese or do try to eat uh, Asian food. So a lot of the flavors that we're used to eating include things like, you know, just imagine a shit ton of coriander, spring mm-hmm. onions, lots of greens. We've got our five spice. You know, Asians like it spicy. Oh, what's a five spice? Five spice is, you know, that mix that you generally put on like roast duck or pork and it's got mm. cinnamon and all these other spices in there there's five <laughs> can name one out of five all oh, right hold on hold on there is also cinnamon cloves fennel star anise and shwishwan peppercorns you probably butchered that but that's, that's a really cool word though shwish shishwan <laughs> i just, just wanted all the chinese people out there. <laughs> apologies apologies asians like it spicy mm-hmm. but a huge disclaimer i'm a bitch when it comes to spice same so dishonor, dishonor on me, dishonor on my family, dishonor, dishonor on, on my cow. cow. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I cannot handle spice. Well, I can to a certain degree, but for the most part, no. I mean, I can eat kimchi. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's re- that's well, pretty spicy. I feel like there's different type of sp- types of spices. There's a spicy, like the spice that will make your asshole scream. <laughs> 
for you know just fucking it'll go straight to your butt and there's the enjoyable spice like ki- mm. this kimchi has a nice spice to it it's like a flavors like a hum a like a hum in your mouth <laughs> that sounds so bad i don't know but just, you know what i mean okay one spice burns and the other spice just tastes nice wow i think i made a poem out of that okay relax <laughs> for me growing up this was and still now this is the average meal rice a meat dish and a greens dish that's yeah like as simple as that actually that's true everyone in my house works full-time mm. so when we come home obviously me and my mum or whoever or my dad or brother whoever is in the kitchen cooking will try to whip up something quick so yeah it'll be rice and those little dishes around it personally for me in the last couple of years i haven't really eaten a lot of rice guys you know what she eats instead <laughs> oh god like fucking oven baked kale chips or some shit dude that stuff is good okay <laughs> judge me all you want that's that's really not asian at all okay so just a mini story just to deviate this might not be interesting at all <laughs> but i was on a health kick for quite a while and for some reason i watched this video and it was talking shit about rice and saying how much sugar is in it Mm. so then i think that subconsciously penetrated my everyday eating Eating habits habits. (laughs) so then i would just avoid white rice completely and all i would eat is the little dishes that complement the rice so you know the meat dish or the veggie dish or whatever so yeah um i'm not really asian (laughs) (laughs) i was literally about to say that i'm not asian anymore no rice no rice yana i personally prefer noodle dishes over rice i mean i can eat I like, I do I don't mind rice, but yeah. I don't gravitate towards it on a you know everyday mm. basis. And I think my family have just grown accustomed to that. But something that I think is very apparent in Asian food culture is the whole idea of eating with your family mm. and that whole custom of setting the table. Yeah. Each person kind of has a little job to do. You know, someone will be there cooking. Someone will be there putting the food into the little dishes, getting the chopsticks and the spoons out, setting the Mm. table. Does that happen in your household? We do the same thing, but I guess it's more like the ladies do it. Mm. Mum does all the cooking. And then sometimes I'll be in my room and I'll just hear my mum say, Yeah, Tui, come out, set the table. And then I'll come out and then I'll just like put newspaper on the table and then get out the bowls, get out the chopsticks and just kind of like leave it there. Mm. And then I walk off and then I come back and all the food's there. Mm. So I don't think we, I don't think every person has like a set role. It's just whoever's around will do mm. it. But generally my dad just sits down and watches TV until it's ready to, <laughs> until it's time to eat. <laughs> no, I totally feel you. Yeah. I feel like in Asia in particular, there's a lot of gender mm. role that are just there and we've kind yeah. of just grown up with it. Like my dad will look after the outside so that's his domain so whether that be gardening or like mowing the lawn and all that shit and then mum will be in the kitchen and then I'll try to help mum out in the kitchen and my brother helps out as well set the table Mm. and then it's time to eat bada bim bada boom but especially in my household anyway it's very rare that we eat in our rooms or if mum whip up a meal then we usually sit at the dinner table to eat. I know other households, that's not a really big thing. I guess every family is different. But whenever I go back to Vietnam, all the cousins that I've visited and stuff, they always eat as a family. I think because everyone in my house works full time, dinner time is like the one chance that we get to all sit together as a family and Mm. catch up with each other. So that's why my parents really hold a lot of importance of dinner time. Mm. So generally they won't really want me and my brother to have our phones at the table so that we can just focus on eating and talking to each other. So do you think that the dishes that you eat on a weekday, do they generally differ to what you eat on a weekend? Um, Well, back when my dad was working, because they're both retired now, Mm. I guess when the weekend rolled around, my mum would tend to make dishes that are harder to make. Mm -hmm. For example, pho, which takes hours. Mm. It's like a 
pretty clear pattern. My mum makes fur on a Saturday morning. I think the weekend, because everyone has a bit more time, that's where mm. I kind of learnt how to make a lot of the dishes that I love to eat because I do love to cook and I do enjoy watching my mum and also when I was living in Queensland, watching my grandma cook because I just found it such a magical thing. What really makes me feel so happy and proud is when I see like my family members they, they don't have a recipe. They literally just open the cupboard. They know exactly what spices. They know exactly how much of what to put in. Mm. And then they just stand there and they taste. And I loved it when uh, my grandma or my mum would be like, oh, so they call me hi because that means like eldest. I'd be like, hi, I'll come taste this. So I'd come and i taste it. And I just love that little moment because I feel mm. like you're able to understand the sanctity and like the beauty of cooking and of the Vietnamese cuisine and I'm sure other households you guys can probably relate watching your mum or your grandma or your dad or whoever cooking in the kitchen it's such a special thing right yeah they usually tend to happen on a weekend when there's a lot more time for us to experiment in the kitchen and guys this is why Tiana has a food YouTube channel <laughs> <laughs> I haven't faced it in a while <laughs> bit yeah. of a disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> but no, I understand what you mean it's like I've never seen my mum follow a recipe before mm. she just estimates everything yeah but usually it works out it's pretty good yeah which I love I love that and yeah. just because I'd be like to my mom oh so how did you learn how to make this and my mom she's just like oh like she would just watch my bong wai cook and she'd watch she'd learn she'd observe mm. and then she would try it herself and if something she doesn't know she'd call up my bong wai and She'd just be like, oh, I add like one more spoon of this or add another of this. And then you experiment, trial and error, and mm. boom, you got yourself a killer dish. Mm. I just love it. Like, it's just funny because sometimes I'd call my wife on the phone and she'd be like, oh, what are you cooking tonight? And I'd tell her or I'd ask her what she's cooking. And instead of just being like, oh, I'm cooking pho, she'd be like, I'm cooking pho, and this is what you put into it. And then she, like, <laughs> lists out the entire recipe, and I'm like, oh. Grandma, I don't have the memory right now, but thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, you guys are so cute. Nah, I really, I really appreciate and love that kind mm. of time and moment that I have. That's why I think food, to me, makes it makes me so happy. Like, obviously, eating it is mm. amazing. It brings people together and your family, but also the process of cooking and tasting, learning from Mm. everyone is also really exciting <laughs> it's so interesting because for me i don't really cook that much mm. and the reason why well like the majority is mainly because i'm lazy but <laughs> the few times that i have you know shown interest and i do step into the kitchen and you know ask mum, you need a hand mum? she'll look at me she'll be like okay wash the dishes and i'm like okay so i'll wash the dishes <laughs> or i'll be like oh do you need help cutting anything and then she'll be like Mm, no, nah, it's okay. <laughs> so, like, my mom usually kicks me out of the kitchen if, if anything. Yeah. But then she'll go complain. She'll be like, You're so lazy, you don't try to cook anything. <laughs> Mom's because you always kick me out. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it is magical how they manage to do everything. And yeah. mom was so used to cooking by herself. She is amazing at multitasking. Oh like, she'll God. be cooking, she'll have stoves on in, because we have a kitchen inside the house and outside. Mm-hmm. It's such an Asian thing having a kitchen outside. But yeah, she'll multitask and she'll have stoves running on both and she'll be like walking in and out of the house, you know, chopping this, frying that. It's crazy. Props to her. And it's also very interesting because my grandma passed away when my mum was like quite young. Mm-hmm. So she really, I don't know if she really had a, like a mother figure to learn all these recipes from. So all the knowledge that she has retained was from when she was young. And I'm talking about like 
10, 11, 12, 13, like mm-hmm. around that age, mm-hmm. where she helped around the house every, like to cook every now and then for the family back in Vietnam. But yeah, it's crazy. Like she ended up moving to Australia when she was like, what, 16? And all the knowledge that she has was retained from when she was a kid. And she still is able to whip up amazing Vietnamese, like authentic Vietnamese dishes. And it's just from her memory. It's amazing. It's crazy, yeah. Right? Another thing growing up is that whenever I would eat with my brother at the dinner table and let's just say my brother's like oh my god I don't want to eat that like whatever my mom or my dad or my grandparents they'd be like so translation of that is like whatever there is that's in front of you eat it Mm. so basically um, wasting food is something that we don't really like to do yeah and I, th- I actually think because we were taught that when we were a lot younger my brother and I we can actually eat quite a lot like we mm. eat a lot of different things we say yes to a lot of different things we eat all our veggies and stuff I feel like a lot of younger kids these days they're very picky, picky with what yeah. they eat and then there's not they're not shitting on that that's totally fine everyone has their own tastes and stuff but I'm pretty thankful because I'm very open to eating and trying different things. Mm. And I think it's because I've been ingrained when I was younger. It's like, whatever's in front of you, you have to eat it. Like, think about the people here. Like, you're more fortunate. You just should appreciate, blah, blah, blah. And obviously that has its positives and negatives associated with that. But yeah, like, did you ever grow up with something like that? Uh, My mum used to threaten me. (laughs) 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 Well, she, um, with rice, she used to say that if you don't finish your rice, when you die, it's going to turn into maggots and you ha- you're going to be oh forced God, to eat that. that. Oh yeah. my God, I've heard that. Yeah, some, it was really some dark ass shit, but it made me eat. So that worked out. <laughs> um, another thing was because as mentioned earlier, our like a lot of our meals was meat dish with rice, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, if you really can't finish your food right now, at least finish the meat. Mm. So whenever I go out to a restaurant and if I do order a like a dish with that has like rice and like meat. And if I really can't finish it, I just force myself to finish the meat at the least. At <laughs> the least. So I think that's something that I've adopted growing up. Mm-hmm. What about when you go to restaurants and when, especially when you go to an Asian restaurant and like you have to set up your cutlery. Mm. So there'll be one person that usually gets a napkin and wipes all the chopsticks. I and a the lot spoons. of people do that. I used to not do that. That's oh. something I've picked up recently from being from eating around with my friends. Oh really? Yeah, but I've I've just always thought to do that just because mm. I don't know. I don't even know if it does anything. Like there's probably still a shit ton of germs in there. Yeah. Or whatever. But it's just like we're just so used to doing it that we do it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Did you go to restaurants a lot when you were younger? I don't think so. I think I us- usually would eat at home or mm. eat at like family, family members, yes, yeah, family member's house or gathering. I know at work a lot of people ask me, oh, Tiana, like, where's the best Vietnamese food? Every time they ask, I'm always like, yep, okay, best Vietnamese places, avoid the CBD at all costs. Mm. Like, no offense, I've never eaten at a Vietnamese place in the CBD that I'm like fuck yeah I'd totally come back for this yeah in terms of like my favorite Viet places that I've been to this isn't like my favorite restaurant of all time but if I had to choose I feel like you'd have to go to the suburbs so you'd have to go oh, yeah, to definitely like sunshine godor mm. for um bbh or pho my personal favorite for pho is pho kim long in st albans mm. this is in victoria by the way yeah. oh yes <laughs> <laughs> just basically venture out to where the asians are yeah 
mm-hmm. and you'll know. You know how they say don't judge a book by its cover? Mm-hmm. Well, a good way to actually judge if the Vietnamese restaurant is any good is if it's dodgy. If it looks mm. dodgy, if it looks like it, you know, it's on its health warning and it's about to <laughs> shut down, then it's probably good. All the OH&S <laughs> have, have been breached. <laughs> if it looks like the ratio of Asian people to white people, if there's more Asian people in there, it's probably going to be good. But in saying that, though, when it comes to Asian cuisine in a Western world, mm. you know, we've got this whole new cuisine of Asian fusion, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts on Asian fusion? Are you yes or you no? Are you for or are you against? I can't say whether I'm for or against. I have come across a few Asian cuisines that I actually really liked and it was really nice, like the restaurants and the food quality was good. And other places where they just butcher an authentic dish that shouldn't have been tampered with in the first place. Mm -hmm. What about you? I think I'm the same as you. Like, I have come across good Asian fusion. Mm. And I also have come across Asian fusion where I'm like, oh, like you can see where they were going with that, why they were inspired by that particular cuisine or that particular dish, but maybe they shouldn't have deviated from the original. Yeah. Something I wanted to bring up, there's this podcast by David So. It's mm-hmm. called Genius Brain. And there was an episode that I was listening to and he was talking about what is authentic Asian cuisine. I think he owns a Asian food takeaway business or something. And he was talking about how on Yelp he would get reviews of people shit-talking his food and saying, mm. yo, this ain't authentic. But his argument is, well, what is authentic? Mm. What you eat in your household as a kid is going to be very different to what he ate in his household as a kid. True that, yeah. So everyone's taste bud is very different. I think everyone carries a bit of a subconscious bias to Mm. what they think is authentic. So what I'm used to eating at home, I'm going to consider that authentic versus, you know, what someone else eats at home. But in saying that, I think if you go to a restaurant that's quote-unquote Asian fusion Mm. and they make pho, you can kind of taste the way that they flavour it. It might be more towards a Western taste bud Mm. versus the Asian... Yes, but it's kind of hard to describe, I guess. It's interesting that you bring that up because when I went back to Vietnam, Mm. the pho I had there, I don't know if it's because of the restaurant I went to or whatnot, but it was shit compared to the one in (laughs) Australia. Yeah. And I think even though we say that at this particular restaurant in the suburbs, that pho is authentic, Vietnamese authentic food, it's actually westernized as well at the Mm. same time because I feel as though the flavors that I have had at that restaurant is very strong and very, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot stronger compared to the ones that I've had in Vietnam where the flavour's a lot more mellow. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Chinese whispers, right? Let's just say you start off in Vietnam and you say, oh, this is what goes in the pho broth here, blah, 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 blah. And then as that goes down the line, people have different interpretations, people Mm -hmm. have different versions of it, and it just tastes different as you go along. True that. Another example of this was when I went to Japan a few years back, I spoke to a native Japanese person and I asked him for his opinion on Ichiran. Oh, yes. Because that's, you know, fucking cult classic, Mm -hmm. but it's a cult Western classic Mm. in his opinion. He said that the flavors and the soup base of Ichiran is very strong and is not what like regular Japanese people would prefer. Wow, that's so yeah. interesting. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah. Because mm. everyone loves Ichiran. Oh, they fucking Every single love person. that shit. Every time you go back to Japan, you have it. It's like, did you even go to Japan if you didn't have Ichiran? Yeah. Well, yeah. So does he think that traditional ramen is a bit more subtle in its flavors and not as strong? I was really intoxicated at the time, so I don't <laughs> really remember. But <laughs> I just remember him shit-talking Ichiran and, and I just found that interesting. 
One thing I have noticed about fusion food is, and when I go to eat it is that I'm a lot more judgmental. Like when I go to eat, I'm very picky mm-hmm. and I am more attentive to the taste. I'd shit on Asian fusion restaurants more if the food is actually terrible or if it's actually bad. Okay. Does that make sense? Like I've been to other restaurants, like for example, like a Mexican restaurant or something, because that's not in my field of expertise. If it was bad, I'll just be like, oh yeah, no, nah, it wasn't as good. Like if it was an Asian fusion restaurant and the food was bad, they'll be like, fuck, it's shit, don't go there. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of because you think you have a bit more... Like more knowledge. Yeah. Even though I don't cook, but you know, <laughs> I guess I've had my fair share of Asian cuisine. <laughs> yeah. What is your favourite Asian cuisine, you think? Or what's in your top three? Vietnamese, definitely. Mm-hmm. Malaysian. Oh, interesting. Mm. And then Japanese. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Alright, so if we're talking top Asian cuisines, I kind of want to bump it up to my top four, not top three. <laughs> no, you have to choose them. <laughs> Alright, Vietnamese, obviously. Love me some Korean, love me some Japanese, but also love Thai food. Oh, fuck, totally forgot about Thai food. Yeah, I know, I forgot, True. yeah. Oh, it's oh, really... I love I it. Can't, I can't choose Tiana. All <laughs> food is good. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Here's a controversial question. If we were to rank the best noodle dishes in Asia, how would you rank them? All right, so let me just lay out some of the key players. You've got your pho in one corner, you know, Mm -hmm. this bold beef noodle soup. (laughs) You've got your BBH in the other corner. You know, this is your more spicy um, beef broth. I feel like not a lot of people have had the chance to eat yet, but if you do... Totally, totally recommend. Mm-hmm. You've got your ramen. You know, mm. everyone's go-to. Cult classic. Everyone's go-to <laughs> after a night out. You've got your laksa. Mm-hmm. Curry laksa. Curry laksa. And um, you've also got your beef noodles. So if you've been to Lang beef noodles, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so what would you rank as your number one? Number one. What reigns supreme? Foe. Uh, I think there's a, there's a, for me, there's a little bit of a bias there because growing up I had fur heaps. Mm-hmm. It's just like a home food for me. Mm-hmm. My reasoning for it mm-hmm. is if I had to choose one and eat it for the rest of my life, like on a daily basis, then fur is something that I would deviate towards. Mm. It's just refreshing. It's yum. I love the noodles. The noodles are my favorite. I love the flat slippery noodles flat slippery noodles and the mm. broth is just sometimes depending on where you go it can be light can be a bit heavy but it's just it just always hits home and <laughs> if you add in all of the vegetables like the brussel not brussel sorry the bean sprouts <laughs> what the fuck oh my god can you imagine pho with brussel sprouts oh my god haram <laughs> if you add in all the bean sprouts and the like very fragrant leaf um your lemon squeeze that lemon in and a spoon of hoisin hoisin sauce mm-hmm it's delicious and I will choose it over anything any, any day. Mm. But why are you so sugareth? <laughs> What's your top? I love BBH, mate. Oh, yeah, I knew you were going to say I that. I love BBH. <laughs> so BBH stands for Maybe I am a bit biased as well because my dad's from Hue. So Hue is um, in the middle of Vietnam, for those of you who don't know. And just a mini history lesson. It used to be the capital of Vietnam. <laughs> but, yeah, I love it. I think it's because... Well, I love the way my mum makes it. Mm. She also mm. makes this kick-ass satay, which is this really nice lemongrassy, milk mummy, so like a bit of a fish saucy. I'm trying to describe the flavours. But it's basically this really kick-ass 
sauce that I fucking love. So what will happen? Me and my brother, we fucking love BBH, right? So we'll sit down, we'll eat the noodles and the broth and everything like that. Oh, also something weird about me is that you know normal people, right? They tend to eat all their noodles and the broth is left over. I'm the opposite. I tend to eat all the broth and then oh there'll God. be noodles left you over. Know what you're like the people who pour this milk in first and then the cereal in no, after. No, who the fuck does that? Well, you probably <laughs> no, I don't after do hearing this sort no. of information. I don't know. It's just like, even with ramen and shit, like I, I just like to drink that soup. I just drink it all and I just don't realize it. <laughs> and then I'm like, fuck, I have so many noodles left I always, over. I eat my soup. I'm sorry. I eat my noodles with the soup. Mm. So I'll get a spoon. Well, I try to do that. I, I think that. I do that. But then it doesn't end up being like that. Jeez. Anyways, we'll eat the um, the BBH. And then on the side, we have the satay. And we'll get our chopsticks. We'll pick up the beef. And then we'll pick up some satay and eat that. And it is so good. Like, it's just... It's so good. <laughs> and then, obviously, adding all the herbs and mm. putting the lemon and shit in. Mate, I'm hungry, man. It's dinner oh God, time. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Salivating. <laughs> But yeah, BBH is probably at the top for me. Okay. You know, you know what's good though? What? Vegetarian BBH. Oh yeah, from yeah. like your temple. Oh, so fucking good. Oh mm. my God, it's good. For all you vegetarians out there, if you've never tried vegetarian BBH, you're missing out and you should yeah. jump on that train straight away because it's so fucking good. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so BBH would be at the top for me. Mm-hmm. And then I'd probably pick the beef noodles. Hmm. Beef noodles, probably second. There's a bit of a pattern going there. (laughs) (laughs) Then pho, probably. Yeah. And then ramen and then laksa. To be honest, I actually have never ordered laksa before, so I can't really Mm. comment much on that. Like, it might be mind-blowing and delicious. I have no idea. Ramen is good. I would not say no to ramen, but I feel like the broth can sometimes be a bit too salty sometimes. But it is good. I I would totally be down to eat it. And I love the egg. Oh, the egg makes it. The egg is fucking delicious. Mm. What's your hierarchy? So pho, and then I really love me a good beef noodle, mm-hmm. the Lanzel ones. Ramen, BBH, but then I don't have much experience with BBH. Mm. And then laksa, the bottom. Laksa, the first few bites is delicious, and then after I get sick of it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Same with ramen. The toppings make it. For me, the toppings make it. The meat and mm-hmm. the egg. Mm-hmm is delicious the broth is also delicious as well but i get sick of it really quickly yeah because the places that i've been to the broth has been quite heavy hmm, interesting mm. for me usually when i whenever i eat a noodle dish i always finish all of the soup give me a bowl of pho i'll finish the entire thing like if i'm after i've done eating the noodles i will literally pick up the bowl and drink all of the soup same with um the lanzao noodles i'll drink all of the soup afterwards if it's not too spicy enough if i can handle it um <laughs> and but with ramen i always struggle to drink the soup because it's just so rich yeah and heavy yeah that's true well we'd be interested to know what you guys out there think do you agree with our noodle soup hierarchies or are you really offended and think <laughs> that we have missed out on a great dish or do you think that your number one should actually be the number one. We'd be mm. very curious to know. Yeah, Feel free let to let us know at unapologetically a Z N. Something that I actually quite love in particular about Asian food in general is the fact that there is this emphasis or focus on being very communal and it's all about sharing. Mm. You yeah, know, definitely. I feel like you can go to Universals or something and you can order a dish and just have it to yourself which is an Italian restaurant by the way (laughs) (laughs) sorry um and you can have it to yourself or you can share it with someone else and that's all fun and all that 
but going to there's just there's just something special about going to like K barbecue or hot mm. pot, being able to have these dishes in the middle and everyone can just pick at it, pick at it and go for it. Um, it just makes that whole experience a lot more fun and mm. yeah, there's just something about it. What do you reckon? Yeah, same. Like you would hardly ever go to an Asian restaurant and order your own dish. Mm. The only place I can think of that you'll do that is maybe like at a Thai restaurant. Mm. You don't want to just limit yourself. You yeah, want a bit you of want a variety. You want a bit of everything. <laughs> Spice up your life with a bit of everything. So that's what I love about Asian cuisine in particular. I think it really um, lends itself to that mm. aspect of it. One thing that I really wanted to mention is when you go out to eat uh, Asian cuisine with your family, does mm. your parents or your mum in particular, does she ever say, man, I can make this better at home? <laughs> Holy fuck, she critiques the fuck out of it. <laughs> that is why I cannot bring my mum to a restaurant because all she does is judge the food. <laughs> and she'll pick at it and she'll be like, if it's nice, then she'll be like, Hmm, I wonder how they make this. I'm going to try and make it at home. Yeah. Or if it's shit, she'd be like, this is crap. Why are we paying money for this? It's just <laughs> so judgmental when it comes to food. Yeah. Like any, any cuisine, any cuisine. Oh my God. <laughs> I think it, and another thing is that I feel like whenever I eat out with my family, I think it's always just safer just to go for Viet food. Oh, like yes. for some, for some reason, it's just a bit more, I think it's just because my parents are just so used to eating Vietnamese food mm. that if yeah. they ate like Korean or something, my dad's generally like, oh, it's a bit sweet the way they flavor stuff. So mm. it's just safer to go for Viet food. But totally agree. Like they'll always say, wow, we can make this better at home. Yeah. Like why are we paying money for this shit if we can just make it at home? Right. My parents will be overseas, you know, in fucking Japan, Bali, wherever. And they'll choose a shitty Vietnamese restaurant that's run, not even run by Viet people just because it says Vietnamese on it. Like they will, they will always deviate towards Viet food. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. That's why growing up, I hardly ever had any Western dishes and we hardly ever ate out at, like at restaurants because... I don't know if it's a financial thing, but mainly because my parents didn't enjoy eating mm. at restaurants that weren't Vietnamese. Yeah. Well, I think people are just very, I think especially if you've eaten the same way for so long mm. and, you know, you grew up in Vietnam when you grew up in the Philippines, or you grew up in Thailand, or whatever, you just, your taste buds are just so accustomed to, you mm. know, your nation's food yeah you just are so used to it so when you eat something different you think it's weird or you think it's off and you're not mm. you don't like it like my mum hates butter like <laughs> food that's made with i don't know very buttery okay foods. interesting i don't know do we not use butter in vietnamese cuisine i mean we do in, a, in our more french like, inspired dishes like ba jing ba, then we use butter oh yeah that shit's oh, good so love that shit i had that the other day oh yum yum, yum. if you guys don't know what it means it's basically um, you get a hot plate, you put it in the middle, you put butter on it, and then you just put beef and like mushrooms beef. and mm. onion and shit, and then you roll it up in a rice paper roll, and it's fucking delicious. Oh, it's so cool. Yes. Something that I find really cute that my mum does is she'll go on YouTube <laughs> and she'll look up, like, you know, cooking tutorials or something, or even uh, food tours around Vietnam. Oh and gosh. then, you know, the next weekend she'll try to make that dish in her own way at home and it's mm. really really cute because <laughs> um my dad's just always like oh so what did we learn from youtube this week <laughs> oh really yeah oh, it's, it's so adorable it's so cute Aww. so yeah youtube just has opened up the doors <laughs> for um a lot of learning in terms of different cuisines and shit my mom does something similar in the sense like when we go eat out and we have a dish or whatnot yeah. she'll try to replicate it herself mm. like you know 
a week down the track and then she'll be like to us, okay, so what's better, the restaurant or my food? Yeah. And our answer will always be the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> she'll be like, fuck it out. What's wrong with it? Oh, gosh. Well, this has been a very delicious start <laughs> to the year, hasn't it, Tui? <laughs> it has. Very yummy. I can smell how this year will turn out. All right. It'll be great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We hope that you have enjoyed listening to us talk about food. Hopefully you can relate to us and what we're, and our experiences growing up. If you've shared similar customs and cultures, that's awesome. If you have something different or other mannerisms that you think are uniquely Asian, but we didn't mention, let us know. Mm-hmm. We are always down and open to learn about different cultures. And I think it's really exciting to hear from friends and family about how they grew up and how important food might be to them in their household. We just also love to say thank you so much for your continual support and for mm-hmm. listening to this episode. Shout out to Kathy. Oh, Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. Such a great supporter. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sending us your snaps of, you know, you listening in on um, our episodes. We do really do appreciate it. And just anyone who does that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Super, super lovely. And we really, really appreciate it. Whether you're listening to us while you're working, which we've had a few people say that to us, which is amazing, or wherever you're listening to us, we really, really do appreciate it. it it always warms my heart whenever I hear someone mention us on Instagram or something like that because I'm like, oh my gosh, like people are actually listening to two bogan girls talk shit. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, and also shout out to John. He's always snapping us, telling us when he's listening to us while he's studying or whatever. And I'm just like, damn, how can you like concentrate when you hear us talk shit? Thank you so much. Thank you. It means a lot. To a new year, Tiana. To a new year, mate. <laughs> Let's cheers now. We've got our cups of cold tea because, you know. I love that. Here we go. Cheers. Here, cheers. To, to, to 2020. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you'd like to find out more about us, you can find us on Instagram at unapologetically. AZN. Mm-hmm. And um, also feel free to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. Spotify. If you have the time, we'd also super appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes. It really, really helps us out. And yeah, we're looking forward to this year. We hope that this year is full of nothing but great things for you all. Mm -hmm. We'll be in your ears in the next one, (laughs) y'all. All right. Over and out. Bye, guys. Bye.